Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a bitch. But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! I want to be a bacon intern. I'd like to be a bacon intern. Love bacon. I don't Love know where I can bacon. get that work. It's it's good job. <laughs> it's good work if you can get it, but I don't I don't know where you're going to get it. So, uh, nonetheless, hour number two on Weekend Fantasy Update. Thank you for joining myself and Joe Galena. Find us on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. Find Joe on Twitter at Joe Galena. I'm on Twitter at Mike Blewett. Feel free to ask us any questions. Um, We'll get into his draft here a little bit later this hour, but wanted to continue. Yeah, it may be maybe a little bit more about bacon, too. It's a good point, Sean Angle. So we'll get into uh, Bucks uh, Fins, which was last night as well. Maybe talk about any other tidbits uh, from the uh, previous games on Thursday. Later in the show, we'll get into tonight's games. We're really doing it as a exercise to dive into these teams a little bit. A couple of them we've already talked about. I found our, ourselves talking about the Giants uh, quite a bit, but it's because there's a quarterback situation going on. I think you mm-hmm. just gravitate towards that discussion. And it's weird for a team that people have no expectations of, has the number one overall pick in fantasy. People love Sterling Shepard before he broke his thumb. People like Evan Ingram a lot. So there is a number one overall running back, a potential wide receiver two, a tight end one, and who knows what Golden Tate will be, all on this team that people expect to be terrible. But So uh, why do we expect them to win five, five games, including myself, when I went through this schedule? <laughs> what the heck am I missing? Maybe O'Hara's right. Maybe they go 10 and 6. You are... You're kidding yourself. <laughs> Their defense isn't that good. That's the thing that we don't really know, talk about. Like we, like you, you're. I know you're kidding, but we don't really talk about it a lot of times with fantasy. We're just trying to figure out how you know how's this offense going to look. Who's going to get the targets? Right. Like, all right, they might not run as many plays, and they might turn the ball over a bunch because they're desperate and they're passing in scenarios where they. Don't want to be passing all the time. You know what I mean? People are going to be, they might be trailing because the defense has given up three touchdowns in the first half. And then they'll play a team like the Bears in the regular season. Actually, they do play the Bears. They'll play a team like the Bears in the regular season. And Khalil Mack will just be annihilating Nate Solder or Mike Remmers. You know, like you can't, we're not always accounting for that in the context of fantasy. So, that's why I think they'll end up losing a bunch of games. You know, yeah. Are they? They're hey, going to be bad three. Bit. I don't think they're going to be three and thirteen again. I think it's possible, but whatever. They uh, win a couple of more four games. Four or five they're still wins. a top five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still a top yeah. five pick kind of team. Uh, yeah. Okay, and so look, a bad defense. About, let me just say this real quick. A bad yeah, defense yeah. could help a fantasy offense because a bad yes. defense could mean that a, a team is playing from behind a bunch, and and they are. Uh, that's what gave uh, Blake Bortles his. Uh, Fantasy value in the past coming, you know, garbage fantasy championships because of Blake Bortles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won fantasy titles because of Blake Bortles. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, I I think it's right, and I think we Mm -hmm. see that the Tampa Bay Bucks the last couple of years, their defense has been performing miles below expectation, 
and we've seen their quarterbacks put up numbers, right? Whether it was Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. or whomever. Sure. Mike Evans has yeah. been good. The running game hasn't been good, but Mike Evans has been good. The tight ends have both been valuable to some extent. We saw Deshaun Jackson be valuable at times in that offense, and Chris Godwin, obviously, uh, as well. So I got to get into the Bucs. We're getting into the Bucks in a minute because there's news out of there, which stuns me. But let's talk about the Bears real quick. I was on the uh, air with Gabe Morenci the other day, and it looks like I, I, I'm getting the sense from a lot of people that they are going to fade the Bears. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at them on FanDuel Sportsbook right now, and they are currently – I just want to make sure I was right. Yeah, it's nine and a half. So – the defense was amazing last year, clearly. They gave up the least points in the league. They forced the most turnovers, uh, the lowest scoring percentage in the league on their defense. They did just a really nice job. So what I would say, though, is that there is likely to be some regression in the turnovers, right? They turned they, 36 turnovers. <clears throat> Uh, were forced by the defense. That's likely to be some amount of regression. You're not just going to keep forcing turnovers at that rate. Additionally, the offense, people think because Matt Nagy is there and they have a whole they have a whole bunch of mouths to feed to Trey Burton and Trubisky is new is a newer quarterback and Allen Robinson came <laughs> over as a big free agency signing that their offense was really good last year. Now they were top ten in scoring, but a lot of that was because of the defense. They didn't have to run a lot of plays in order to score because the defense was putting them in good field position. They had a top five starting field position for their offense. But realistically, all of their other numbers were sort of middle of the road. Trubisky's 24 touchdown to 12 interception ratio was bolstered by the fact that he's threw six touchdowns in one game against the Bucks, mm-hmm. And... The rest of his games, he's 18 and 12. That's really pretty terrible in 2018 football terms. So that offense could just be middle of the road again. Maybe the defense isn't as good. You have the Packers, who obviously dealt with another Aaron Rodgers injury and a a coach firing in the middle of the year. Uh, The Vikings had, by all accounts, a pretty bad season for what their expectations were. And they still went eight, seven, and one. You know, you have to consider that those yep. teams that are having that had bad seasons, the Steelers and Minnesota, they still had winning records. So, if they play a little bit better offensively, in the Steelers' case, they have to play a little bit better defensively. If Minnesota's offense is a little bit more efficient, they win a couple of more games. So, for the Bears, who were twelve and four and won the division going away, I just think there's a growing sentiment that they might not be able to repeat on the level that they did last year, which I agree with. Now, are they a lock for under nine and a half? I don't know. Why don't you go through this game by game? You tell me if these are wins or losses, Joe. Uh, They're going to open up the season, 100th anniversary of the NFL season. Um, They host the Green Bay Packers on Thursday night, win or a loss. I think they split with Green Bay. I think they'll uh, win the home game. Okay. So, 1-0 at Denver. Win. Playing their old coach, Vic Fangio. Okay. Um, And by the way, you you mentioned it before the break. The Vic Fangio loss is a real thing. Mm -hmm. I I do think that's an important thing. Chuck Pagano is the defensive coordinator there. I I do like teams that have former head coaches on staff. I think that's an important part of coaching staffs. I think it – and I've talked to coaches about this specifically. They like it too because – the guys that are former head coaches are very good about knowing their role and knowing to coach specifically the way they're intended to coach, whether it's they're a um, positional coach or a coordinator. Vance Joseph, a former head coach of the Broncos, is now in Arizona, I believe, as defensive coordinator. And then you have uh, somebody like Chuck Pagano, who's a head coach of the Colts, and now he's in as defensive coordinator of the Bears. So, all right, but you still have them losing that. It's one and one uh, at Washington. They 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 beat the Redskins two and one. Okay, two and one, uh, hosting Minnesota. 
again, I, these teams, they know each other so well, I say they win the home game. So you'd have them at 3-1. and one. Then they go to mm-hmm. Oakland. Are you going to give Oakland a little bit of a upset here? At Oakland, okay. Why don't we yeah. give? Uh, why don't we give the? Yeah, give them an upset. Go ahead. Okay. So three and two. Then they host the Saints, Chargers, and go to the Eagles. Do they win any of those? <laughs> uh, how about they win one of the three? All right. Okay. Got it. So we're halfway through the season. You're four and four. Mm-hmm. Then they host Detroit. You probably give them that one. Five and four. Uh, yep. Uh, at the Rams, no. Hosting the Giants. That's six. Six and five. Mm-hmm. You have them split with Detroit, so they lose at Detroit. I think they could sweep Detroit. Okay, you'll Seven sweep and Detroit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the Cowboys, they host the Cowboys. That'll be a tough game. Yeah, that will be a tough game, uh, but I'll, I'll I'll give it to the Bears. Eight and five. Okay, so that's eight. Uh, but then you have them losing wow, to Green Bay. They then they host Kansas City, and then they host Minnesota. So they could actually, you know, best case scenario, they win one of those. Right. Puts them at so nine and seven. Nine. So mm-hmm. you have them under, and you're, you know, you're conceding a, a game in there at some point. So, uh, look, this isn't scientific, obviously, but it gives you a sense of where we think the Bears are relative to their opponents, and them playing the and the AFC West is a negative for them this year. They got lucky sure. in that the two, well. In fact, that's a little bit unlucky, right? Because they got the road game. They got the road games. Now, this is a, that's a good break for them. The two good teams. I think the AFC West is haves and have-nots, right? You probably have two mm-hmm. teams that are over in the Chargers and the Chiefs. Two teams that are under in the Raiders and the Broncos. So they they got the easier teams on the road. The tougher teams uh, come to Chicago. So in that sense, they got a break, but. Really, having the Chiefs and the Chargers on your schedule this year isn't a break altogether. Plus, they're playing right, their right. first-place team from last year, so they have to play the Saints and the Rams and the Eagles, or rather, and the Cowboys. Uh, plus, they mm-hmm. also had the Eagles in there. Um, it's just not an easy schedule for them, and I, and I think that's why you're starting to see why, um, you know, the three of their first five games before the bye week are on the road. The home games are two divisional opponents. I just don't think the schedule lines up for them that well. And right now, I would take the Bears under, although I think I'm sort of in line with you. I think it's probably eight or nine wins. I If if I went through it the same way as you did, I probably would have said eight wins. So when I start to pick teams, I want to make sure I'm a good game and a half under as I go through it before I decide right. – if I'm going to go under, but right now I have the bears right. as an under. Um, I think it's a big step back for them from the 12 wins last year. So um, everything you said about their schedule is, is great and, and true. And I agree with you. And I think that it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, the Vikings Packers or bears, I think they all three of them have a shot to win this division. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think you're wrong. I don't, I don't think anybody's going to run, run away with it. You know, I, I think mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. It's got to figure out a way to work with Matt LaFleur and the Vikings' problems. I don't know if they're fixed. I, I do think they can play better, but I don't know if the Vikings really fixed any of their problems from the offseason a year ago. You know, um, their offensive line is still a question mark. They drafted a center in Garrett Bradbury who should help them quite a bit, but I don't think it fixed their offensive line issues. Uh, we'll see, though. Um, I, I think the Vikings going from 8-7-1, and seven and one, you give them a couple of more wins, they're in there at 10-6. and six. I think it's a playoff team and, and potentially winning that division. So, alright. Uh, last game from last night that we'll talk about was the Bucks fins Now, the first thing I want to talk about before I even get to the game, I was reading a story this morning, and it's that after hiring Bruce Arians, the Bucks gave GM Jason Light a five-year contract extension. It was not previously reported, but it has been reported now. Their record since he's been the GM in his five seasons is 27-53. and 53. The Bucks have come in last place eight of the last nine seasons, and they gave their GM an extension. I thought he should have been fired at the end of last year. 
he's the one that was there for the whole Dirk Cutter, Lovey Smith scenario. Mm-hmm. And then here they are. Just really, as far as results are concerned, I know other teams like the Browns in recent years and the Raiders have gotten a lot more grief. But the reality is that the Tampa Bay Bucks are, have been the worst team consistently over this decade, really. Gotten the least amount of the talent on their team, that's for sure, right? Uh, you know, Winston yeah. was supposed to be a, a big-time player. This is it for him this year. It's kind of do or die. And you got to wonder if uh, Bucks GM has any incriminating photos of uh, Bucks upper management or something. <laughs> I just don't get it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it last night. Uh, last place in 2018, last place in 2017, second place in 2016. That's when the ba- Panthers had that Super Bowl hangover scenario. Um, 2015, last place. 2014, last place. 2013, last place. 2012, 2011, last place. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Sorry, seven of eight. I said eight of nine. But the prior year to that, 2010, they were third of fourth. And the prior year, 2009, last place. So in eight of the previous ten seasons, they've come in last place in the division. Um, wow. <laughs> two winning records in there, a 9 and 7 in 2016 and a 10 and 6 in 2010. But four outside of that, four wins, seven wins, four wins, two wins, six wins, five wins and five wins. Back-to-back five-win seasons uh for Tampa. I think only the Giants and the Browns have won less games in that collective span. So um we only got a couple of minutes here, but as far as uh last night's game was concerned uh, again I, I don't know how much you can take out of it uh based on them playing the dolphins in a game where One minute. you know e- even the dolphins didn't look particularly good we can talk about them more when we come back but uh Jameis went two of four for 24 yards i saw andre ellington was really out there ronald jones carried the ball a couple of times peyton barber a couple of times but we didn't mike evans got Arians, a target uh... Arians and Ellington, they have that little connection, right, from back uh, with uh, Arizona. So some, yeah. some are questioning what kind of a role he might have. Not fantasy-wise, but maybe just a disruptor. Yeah, that could be the case. You see a lot a lot of times with both coaches and GMs, they like to bring in players that they have familiarity with. So, all right, why don't we talk Bucks dolphins after the break because we spent a lot of time on the Bears. We'll see what Joe's thoughts are on Jameis. And who wins the Dolphins QB job? Does it even matter who wins the Dolphins QB job? It's Mike and Joe, Weekend Fantasy Update. We'll be right back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. We're midway through NFL preseason. Season-long fantasy football drafts are in full swing. Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 fantasy football package with the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts provide dynasty, season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. So save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. The NFL 365 fantasy football package only at rotoexperts.com. We're going to do an article that Davis wrote uh, a little bit later in the show. He did the 2019 fantasy football do not draft list, which is probably a good idea for some of you as you're entering draft season. I, I, I've i been very backloaded this year with my drafts, Joe. So I've done only a couple that matter so far. Obviously, I've done some best balls as well. But as far as seasonal leagues where there's going to be waiver wires and everything else, uh, I got um, 
I got a little bit of a ways to go. Very backloaded on those leagues. Yeah, I still have uh, a couple more of uh, season-long leagues to draft in. Looking forward to them. And, you know, I almost – I mean, what's – the biggest fun, not the biggest fun, but one of the, the most enjoyment that a lot of us fantasy players get is from the draft process. So I almost don't want them to end. So, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I hear you. So, all right, uh, Tampa. So I, I appropriately hammered their uh, their GM. And by the way, the GM that kept Dirk Cutter on a year after everybody said he should have been fired, after a 5-11 and season, he kept him on, and they went five and eleven again. So, uh, anyway, you mentioned the Andre Ellington thing, but in general, you just give me your thoughts on Tampa this year. Do you think Jameis has the bounce back season, or or the final season of putting everything together that people think he may have? Are, are you on board with that thought process? In the past, I wasn't, but uh, yes, yes, I am. And and I'll tell you, uh, I didn't realize that uh, Winston and the Arians had the relationship that they did. I think uh, Winston was involved in uh, a camp that Arians ran yeah. back yeah, when he was a teenager. So, so I feel that... Bruce Arians doesn't after- take the job if Jameis isn't the quarterback. Uh, I, I don't think it right. happens without that pre-existing relationship. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I, I think that that comfort level is is going to help. Winston uh, takes the pressure off of him knowing that, you know, this is going to be the season where the Bucks have to make a big determination whether or not they want to, uh, you know, keep him as their uh, their quarterback of the future. Uh, you know, um, Mike Evans, solid, solid wide receiver one. Uh, uh, people talking up Chris Godwin. Uh, you know, I'm in on Chris Godwin this season as well. We get another year out of O.J. Howard. Uh, you know, I'm into O.J. Howard as well. You know, I'm into the O.J. Howard hype. Uh, I think the biggest question mark is going to be, you know, who emerges as, you know, is this a year where Ronald Jones running back could take a step forward? Because uh, I think it's going to help uh, Winston if he has a solid running game uh, supporting his passing game. But, yes, I, I I don't think the the Bucks are going to win that many games, but I think that they're going to, you know, be playing from behind in a lot of games. And I think, like I said, that comfort level. I think that Arians is going to get the most out of Jameis Winston this year. And I think that Winston's supporting cast and his wide receivers, the tight end, all a year older. I think that uh, it could be a nice fantasy season for the Bucks offense. When you look at where these guys are being drafted, people are expecting huge things out of the Bucks from a passing offense standpoint. Because right now, Mike Evans is the eighth wide receiver off the board. Godwin is the 17th receiver off the board. And O.J. Howard is the 60th player overall. So you're basically, let me go to where Mike Evans. Mike Evans is 20. Godwin is 41. And Howard is 60 on the nose. So three of the top 60 players, first five rounds, that's where these guys are going. So they're obviously expecting Jameis to have a pretty good season. What's unique is that, well, Eli's players aren't projected as high, obviously. This is really, I remember last year people were asking, well, how can Barkley and Beckham and Ingram all be projected that high, (laughs) but Eli is not even in the top 15 quarterbacks. Ultimately, Odell got hurt, so the numbers weren't there. Uh, But, uh this makes a little bit more sense, but Jameis uh, is sort of still a good value in a lot of drafts if uh, you believe the hype. I have a lot of questions about them in general. I'm just trying to see where Jameis is going right now. Jameis still is the 11th QB off the board. It's been right around there. Sli- you know, been right around there for a long time, I think. Uh, it's hard to move Jameis up over some of the guys in front of him, like Breeze and, and Goff and Wentz and and Matty Ice, but Kyler Murray is up there too. The best ball guys. So when I look at the NFFC draft board, the best ball people are going to take Kyler Murray higher than you'll see him in your standard drafts. Murray will fall a little bit. The experts are a little bit more in on Murray than are uh, most fans. Wouldn't you agree? 
Seems that way, yeah. Uh, and it, it is interesting, you know, Murray looks so uh, dynamic, explosive week one, week two, all of a sudden, you know, showing some kinks in the armor. Uh, maybe the Cardinals not really wanted to uh, show their cards <laughs> in terms of showing everything that, that they're going to sh- you know, be doing this season. So, I mean, the lay uh, fantasy players got turned off to Murray this week, but uh, the the like you said, the season, the 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 high stakes guys and gals, uh, I, I guess they they're more into Murray. Well, the Raiders play hard in preseason. What do you want me to say? They do. <laughs> John Gruden's great in the preseason. Uh, they they play hard. They just do. John Gruden's nineteen mm-hmm. and twelve against the spread in the preseason. He's somebody to bet Amazing. on. Yeah. Um, you know, and if you watch Hard Knocks, you could tell he's very focused on execution. I think some of those older mm-hmm. school coaches, like like uh, Pete Carroll, John Harbaugh, John Gruden, uh, they obviously focus quite a bit on executing certain things. I think Belichick is really concerned with executing, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, he. I don't think he cares as much about the wins or the losses. He just wants his starters to know what they're doing. Gruden is really pushing the whole team in order to try to, you know, he, he's in the process of, like, turning over a roster still to some extent. So I think he wants guys that are all on the same page with him, and that's why Gruden pushes so hard in camp. I don't know if it's going to help him in the regular season, but I think that's why. Yeah. He also wants to, uh, I'm sure he wants to instill that winning attitude because uh, it's contagious, in my opinion. Look, you know, uh, if the Patriots go 0-4 in the preseason, they still have uh, are one of the favorites to, to play in the uh, AFC Championship and win a Super Bowl. Of course. Because they are, you know. But but, but with the with the Raiders, like you said, they're trying to, to build something there. So, yeah, uh, you it's know, a cultural just, shift. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, Jameis, we talked. All right, so you're on board with Jameis. I I don't know. I don't have any shares of him yet, but I'm going to be in a couple of more best balls. I got a few more leagues to draft out. So, I don't know exactly where I'll be. I actually have to do a whole bunch of research today, tonight, because I have to have keepers in by mm-hmm. tomorrow in a league. Uh, I talked about this the other night on a podcast with Jim Day, and um, I don't have any of the bucks on there, but um, if I kick both my quarterbacks back in, which I could keep Roethlisberger in the 11th or Matt Ryan in the 7th, if I kick both of those guys back in, maybe Jameis ends up being my quarterback. I'm probably going to keep more players in that league than any other team just because I had a really good team last year and I, I got good guys at value, but maybe Jameis is the quarterback to take that team home. We'll see. Uh, all right. So as far as the, the, uh, the, the rest of the, the, the other game last night, which was Bucks dolphins. Yeah. We saw OJ Howard caught a pass. And like I said, the other guys didn't really do much as far as the Dolphins are concerned. Uh, Josh Rosen, 10 of 18, Ryan Fitzpatrick, three of nine, um, you got from a rushing standpoint, the Kalen Balage crowd and Kenyon Drake crowd were disappointed because neither of them played as far as receiving is concerned. I mean, there's like 15 guys that were out there running routes. Kenny Stills caught two passes for 16. We all expect, I think, that the Dolphins are going to be the worst team in the league. But from a fantasy standpoint, is there anybody on that offense that you want? I'm interested in, uh, and I'm believing the hype in uh, Preston Williams, uh, especially uh, I'm in a, a keeper league, and uh, I'm hoping that uh, you know I, I was able to grab him in a, a draft uh, uh, that I did a week ago. So I'm thinking that you know, uh, yeah, he's going to be a long-term option there. Uh, I, I Balage, you know, started to get interested, especially with what's been going on with the Drake injury and and whatnot. And I was into Gesicki last year. Their their tight end kind of faded him now. Uh, don't like any other of their wide receivers. And I'm interested to see what Josh Rosen does this season, but not interested uh, in any shares of, of, of him uh, this season. Uh, yeah. So the Kenyan Drake, Kalen Balaj thing, 
Kenny Drake going 68th off the board, Kalen Balaj going 115th, but I think that gap is closing. But honestly, if either of these guys is anything more than your RB4, I think you've kind of gone wrong. I, I, I really mm-hmm. do think that. I, I just think they're going to struggle mightily to run the ball. I just think that this offensive line is one of the worst in the league. They drafted somebody this year, Michael Dieter, in the third round. Laramie Tunsil is on a fifth-year option, and who knows if they'll have him after this. I just think that, I've said this before, Josh Rosen is a bad position. I think he'll start a majority of the games, and they're going to be, yeah, and they'll be in the, he'll be in the same position he was a year ago. And they're going to draft over him whether it's Tua Tagovailova or Justin Herbert or whomever is the flavor of the week, I think they're going to draft over him or utilize that number one draft pick to trade down, get more picks, and still draft a quarterback, uh, regardless of who it is. So uh, the Preston Williams thing is interesting, but again, that's more of a draft and stash scenario. It's a long-term yeah. uh, play out. I, I know the guys, Davis Maddock and Drew Dinkmeyer, that right for Roto Experts Daily Roto. They've always been fans of Kenny Stills' athleticism, and there's an opportunity there. In it, if this team is getting blown out every week and they just have to keep throwing the ball, not unlike your Blake Bortles scenario, maybe Josh yeah. Rosen can, it's like Kenny Stills, can heat up, and he would be the guy that I would want there. Uh, Devontae Parker, they gave him an extension. But he hasn't earned his keep at all in the NFL. He's been hurt all the time. I think I have a couple of shares of Parker in best ball and keeper leagues. But realistically, if this team goes south the way we expect it, Kenny Stills is probably the guy you want just because of the opportunity to hit big plays during blowouts, right? Sure. Uh, get him in the 16th round or, or later. You know, you want to take a shot at him? Why not? Yeah, that's where he's at. He's like, uh, tw- he's actually going a little earlier than that. In best ball leagues, he's going 180th off the board. So, so 160, so 11, 12, 12, 13, yeah, 12th round or so. Uh, so, I think that speaks to the best ball mentality, too. They're looking to take shots mm-hmm. on guys like that a little bit earlier than the others otherwise would. Defense, they are working with a young core right now. Xavier Howard. Uh, Christian Wilkins, Raquan McMillan, a couple of guys in there that could be good, really good long-term. And I think Brian Flores, their coach, who's actually uh, my connection to him, I don't know him at all personally, but uh, he was at Boston College right around the same time, a little bit after me. He played football at BC and got into coaching and player development, player development and then coaching after that. He was with the Patriots for a very long time. His first year, I'm rooting for him. I just think that he's really in the process of a rebuild, and he should see mm-hmm. – I, I think this year he can't even really be judged. I think if the defense plays a little bit better under his watch, then that's a bonus. But outside of that, they're going to struggle. So, Agreed. All right, so that's what a mess Adam Gase left him. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny about that? I don't think Adam Gase uh, deserved to keep his job, but it it says a lot about ownership. And I I think the biggest problem with Miami is its ownership. I don't think Stephen Ross has run this team well at all. I think that you have to absolutely have synergy between the coach and the GM. So when you're bringing in a coach and you're allowing him to churn the roster over, as he did in Miami. You know, trading guys like Jay Ajayi, he's releasing players, getting rid of players that he didn't want there, and he's churning the roster, and you only give him three years? Like, what do you expect him to do? How quickly do you expect that stuff to happen if he doesn't have a transformative player, which they didn't have at the QB position? They had Ryan Tannehill, who was then who was okay and then hurt for a lot of time. He missed an entire season, then he got hurt again last year. So what what really can you do? You know, he remember he lo- he he got hurt at the end of the one season and he couldn't play in the playoff game and David uh 
uh, not David Moore, Matt Moore had to play for him. Then he tore his ACL in the preseason, and then he got banged up again last year. So that is during Adam Gase's entire tenure in Miami. He had a injured and or backup quarterback, and he was churning the roster over. Now, I know people love to bang on Adam Gase, and we'll see what he's doing here in New York. He's obviously blown up this team in some ways, too, getting the GM fired. But when there's no synergy there between GM and coach, and the coach isn't given time to execute his plan, which typically takes four years, if you are allowing him to rebuild it, then I don't even really know why you let him do it in the first place. Mm. That's a good point. But do you think that in three years there he would have had a shot to and i you know we'd have to look at the drafts but did he have a shot of of getting a better quarterback than Tannehill? i mean Tannehill's serviceable and i know that you like you brought up good points that he got injured a couple instances but eh, we'll see I, i like his quarterback now he never had one full season with a starting with an nfl starting quarterback not one May get some starts in Tennessee. Uh, (laughs) I'd like to see how he is now in New York with Darnold. We'll be right back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. on FNTSY, Mike Blue, Joe Galena. And Joe's in the middle of a draft right now, as he says, organized by Andy Singleton, People's Pens. We've uh, worked with him before on a variety of different shows. And what is So what's the format of this league? We got 12 or 14 in here. 14? There's 15 teams. Uh, okay. Best ball. Yeah. Uh, six points uh, per touchdown, whether it's receiving or rushing. Uh, some little, uh, in, in, you know, intricacies here with the scoring, you know, some uh, scoring formats do this, some don't. You get minus a half a point for incomplete passes. Uh, you know, you get uh, uh, bonuses for 50 plus yards on uh, scoring TDs, an extra two points for that. Uh, you get uh, points for yards after the catch. Uh, you get points for targets. So, yeah, it's a, it's a few little wrinkles. It's not just your your uh, average best ball draft. So you have to do some uh, some thinking as you get in into the uh, you know the later rounds. So you had no problem here taking David Johnson at four. Uh, Devontae Adams and Zeke Elliott went right after him, as did DeAndre Hopkins. So. Um, I wouldn't do that, personally. I was considering Hopkins, to tell you the truth. Would you have gone Zeke? Because I thought about Zeke for a while. Yeah, okay. Or Zeke. Especially with the targets, right? (laughs) Yeah. I think Zeke's going to be bad. But there's just... Do I I think he can miss a game or two? Yeah. But... I sort of want... I didn't think that a month ago. But I don't think he's going to make... I don't think he's going to miss six games. Me neither. Uh, but you never that. know. So why why take that chance? But I guess in a best ball, maybe I should have taken a chance because, you know, uh, the definition of best ball is you get the points for the best performances from your team for the day. So, yeah, I did give a, I, a lot of thought yeah. to DeAndre Hopkins. And uh, thinking back now, you know, with the whole uh, getting some po- uh, points for targets, maybe I should have. <laughs> Just I, so few I have a number four. I have a number four pick in a draft to uh in a couple of weeks and that's the one where i have to decide who my keepers are within the next 24 hours and kamara is kept so kamara will be gone uh so i know mccaffrey and barkley are going to go one two and Mm -hmm. we got to figure out who number three and four are going to be so um 
could be interesting. What'd you think, think about? What'd you think about? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry for interrupting you. Go ahead. Yeah. No. 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 Uh, so you know, McCaffrey and Barkley are going to be gone, but, uh, sure. and Kamara is going to be gone. So I pick at four, and I'd say it's going to be a decision between David Johnson, Zeke Elliott, and DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. So. And right now you're leaning where? Hopkins? I think it's Hopkins or Zeke. Mm -hmm. A couple of days ago, I was like, I'll just take Hopkins (laughs) there because I can protect a whole bunch of running backs, which I'm going to. Mm -hmm. I have running backs Mm -hmm. in later rounds that I'm going to end up keeping. So I'm going to have some depth at the running back position. I have some real debate as to whether or not I can keep – I'll keep Sony Michelle in the second round. Now, for some people listening, they'll be like, you're nuts. Why would you keep Sony Michelle in the second round? You have to remember that this is not in a vacuum. There are going to be roughly 35 players kept in this league. So mm-hmm. when Sony Michelle is the 26th running back off the board – and there might be as many as 10 or 12 running backs kept, then at the end of the second round, Sony Michelle doesn't seem all that weird, especially considering the right. other guys who I'm going to be keeping. Yep. What Sorry, you, you were going to say, uh, what did I think of what? This guy uh, at pick 15 took uh, Patrick Mahomes and followed that up with Tyler Lockett. And the next wide receiver after that was Mike Evans. <laughs> so, uh, you know, look at a best ball, I guess you take some chances, maybe. But uh, some bold moves by the, the, the guy with the 15th pick in this draft. Is there bonuses for Pat Mahomes or no? Uh, but, like well, for, for just for him personally? Like, are there any crazy? <laughs> no, for, sorry. Oh, yeah. At the quarterback position? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm busting your chops. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I just. Passing touchdowns, 50-plus a yards, yeah. You get some bonuses there, an extra two points. Uh, again, like I said, six points per per t- uh, touchdown, passing touchdown. No, it's only five points per passing touchdown. But receiving well, the guy and also, the by the way, this, this guy also picked James White and Sony Michelle. It seems like he's not taking this draft <laughs> particularly seriously. But And the Tyler Lockett thing is, so, is, is being way too cute. Because you know yeah, he yeah. could have waited all the way until the first pick of round four to get him. The guy's on the turn. So picking Tyler right. Lockett in front of the following wide receivers, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Adam Thielen, Keenan Allen, Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, Stephon Diggs, Julian Edelman, T.Y. Hilton, Brandon Cooks. If he was justifying this, if this is a real pick and he was justifying, he would say, well, Tyler Lockett's the clear number one in Seattle because Metcalf's a rookie, and uh, maybe they're not going to run as much this year because Wilson's got to throw a little bit more. He's still not going to out-target a lot of those guys. He just won't. I agree. I agree. Maybe this guy thought it was a mock draft and just wanted to see how maybe. his team would look if he uh, did crazy well, things. Picking, <laughs> bo- picking both Pat's wide uh, running backs back-to-back is not an – optimal scenario so uh, anyway agreed (laughs) so all right so in this draft so far you're through a few rounds you've got david johnson adam thielen which there was a little run of little mini run of wide receivers there evans and antonio brown you took adam thielen there uh i think you gotta feel okay with that though if if david johnson my, my concerns my concerns about david johnson are the offensive line still the offensive line's still terrible they didn't fix it they did not fix it. it. It is shocking to me that they went into the draft and were like, we're going to be good. We, we signed a couple of guys in the offseason, traded for Marcus Gilbert. Um, we got J.R. Sweezy in here, which we did a year ago. You know, The Steelers, Steelers traded Marcus Gilbert for a reason. You don't just trade offensive tackles because they're playing great. Uh, J.R. Sweezy they signed during the offseason. So they did make changes. But they signed a big free agent last year in Justin Pugh. He didn't. They were they were so hurt last year in the offensive line, and it wasn't very good to begin with. That put them in a really bad spot. But I just think their offensive line is going to continue to struggle. Now, can Kyler Murray running in an air raid offense, which you're not even really showing to you in the preseason, just open things up for David Johnson tremendously? Yes, I think it could. But the offensive line still has to have a modicum of ability uh, together to be a good offensive line. So uh, 
I do I have as many doubts about their offensive line this year as I did last year? No. The talent level is better, but it's still not very good, and I think there'll be a bottom 10 offensive line even at year's end. So you're hoping that the offense opens some holes, not unlike what McVay really started to do for Gurley in a big way before Gurley got hurt. So, um, or really the last two years. So, so that's that's my doubts on David Johnson. But I'm good with Adam Thielen. I think there'll be plenty of targets there. And then you got Marlon Mack. Uh, given the scoring in this league, I think you're just really looking for a lot of touches. And I yep. think given those guys uh, around him, uh, yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I needed another solid uh, running back. I, I thought about Josh Jacobs, who went right after him. My, my oh, issues with Mack. Damian Williams. Yeah. And my, my issue with Damian Williams is, look, we, we all know how explosive and, and, and good the uh, Chiefs offense is going to be this season. I just, like I said last week, common sense tells you that a guy that has 183 carries for his career, I, I don't see him being able to perform at a high level with 200-plus carries this season. So that's my issue with him. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, uh, and, and, you know, and just about David Johnson, Everything that you said is is true. We've spoken about the fact that the Cardinals haven't done enough to improve that uh, offensive line. But on the positive side, you know, last season, 76 targets and 50 catches for David Johnson. Uh, You know, he had that great season in 2016, 80 catches. This air raid offense is going to be fast. A lot more plays run. So I think he's got a shot. I mean, like I said, I thought about it for for a little bit before I made that pick, but I'm okay with it. Yeah. What's interesting is we we talked about this recently. I think we even talked about it with Davis Maddock when he was on the show last week. The guy picked right in front of him, Devontae Freeman. So many people out there, maybe even me to some extent, just expect Devontae Freeman to not be able to finish the season. And you have (laughs) Edo Smith in there uh, picking Mm -hmm. up value. I have Edo Smith in – Scott Fishbowl team. But if Devonta Freeman stayed healthy in that offense, he'd be a great pick. Absolutely. He, he'd be yeah. a great pick. I mean, just nobody expects uh, him to stay healthy. Yeah. Guy that could catch passes out of the backfield as well and uh, good runner all along, uh, 4.3 uh, yards per carry for his career. Uh, you're right. The, the issue is, uh, I mean, I don't even know if it's unfair that. Uh, I mean, he's like when you look about it. Last year was the first year that he really uh, only he only played two games, but previous to that, fourteen games, sixteen games, thirteen games. Look, the the running back yeah. position's tough. They're gonna get hurt. Yeah, prepare for yeah. your running back uh, to miss a couple of games. <laughs> absolutely, uh, all three tight ends went in the second round here. Le'Veon Bell went fourteenth. I've seen him as high as fourth in some drafts. But right, here he goes right. 14th, so he slid all the way down. I'm seeing Nick Chubb consistently go earlier than he was mm-hmm. a few weeks back. Obviously, them moving on from Duke Johnson. I think people are willing to take the Kareem Hunt hit. I put that in quotes when yeah. Kareem Hunt comes back mm-hmm. to get this to, to get the nine solid games of Nick Chubb before uh, Kareem Hunt shows up. Yeah, I mean. Uh... <laughs> Maybe it could even work to Chubb's benefit when when Hunt comes back. I mean, look, if if Chubb is having a, a an excellent season like we expect him to, I mean, they're just not going to put Chubb to the side and and have Kareem Hunt, you know, take over the backfield. Yeah, you know, maybe you know, maybe you could lose, you know, eh, three to five carries a game, and maybe the, the, that'll help him. That it'll make the the, the carries that he gets. Uh, he'll he'll be better. He'll be fresher. I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't have a problem uh, with Kareem Hunt stealing too much workload out of Nick Chubb. Got it. Uh, okay, so you're in the fourth round right now. Do you have a pick coming up? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And you saw DJ. We were just talking about the the Panthers. DJ Moore yep. just went. So uh, I, I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking. What do you think I should do? Get my uh, second wide receiver. Yeah, so who's on the board right now for you? Who, who's somebody? Yeah, we're not going to go tight end here. We're not going quarterback. So this is right. going to be straight up. Probably best player available, but who who are the guys that you're looking at? Because there's one pick in front of you, so you got to have somebody lined up here. Right, right. 
Uh, just looking at the uh, the ADPs, Kenny Galladay from Detroit is there. Like it. Do I want? Yeah. yeah do, do I want Cooper Cup? You know, uh, part of that that potentially explosive Rams offense. Uh, other than that, I mean, Landry's next, but I, I think I could do better than that. Um, Calvin I think, Ridley. I. I think. Yeah, I soon, think you right? can take. I think you take Galladay here because he won't come back to you. Right. I think there's a shot that Cooper Cup can get back to you. Galladay won't. Mm-hmm. That's my thought. Right. Right. Because this is best ball. And, and there's a thought right, process right. that Galladay could explode this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're. I think Detroit's regressing into a more of a run heavy team, but he is clearly the number one target, and he does Absolutely, have Matt Stafford yeah. there. Um, Cooper Cup. I, I'm a I'm a fan of his production in fantasy leagues, so I think I think that you probably won't get both guys, but I I would pick Galladay because he won't last, and Cup might. That would be my strategy here. Right, right. But I and wouldn't if expect Galladay to goes get next. Both. You would go Coop, Cup, right? Uh, if, yeah. If those are your next two wide Galladay, receivers. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. If those are the next two wide receivers. Who are the running backs that are there? Uh, give me a second. I still think you take the receiver there because I would imagine both of these guys are better than the running back names you're going to rip off. Yeah, running so. back Lamar Miller, Tevin Coleman, Kenyon Drake, Rashad Penny. Yeah, you're darn right. No, thanks. <laughs> No thanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah no thanks. Yeah. Wide receiver. Tevin Coleman is obviously interesting to a lot of people. Lamar Miller uh, got interesting for a minute before they traded for Duke Johnson. I still think. <laughs> right. that, I still think that. I still think the Texans' offensive line is an issue. It's why I haven't been on Lamar mm-hmm. Miller for the last couple of years. Uh, it doesn't mean that a bad offensive line can't have a, a productive running back. Obviously, David Johnson shows that last year. Saquon Barkley shows that in a big way last year. But it just gives me concerns. It it, inf- it influences how I'm evaluating the players. So from yeah. that perspective, um, yeah, I, I'm not in love with any of those running backs, certainly. Mm-hmm. So that's it. You're going to pick Eckler, either Galladay. Eckler, Jordan Howard. Yeah, yeah I'm going Gall- Galladay a cup, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the move. Uh, all right, cool. So that's it. The DGW five draft. You can follow that on Twitter. There are fifteen guys in your draft. Some of the names you mentioned earlier, Nando Defino, and uh, some of our friends, Justin from Mason, mm-hmm. the fantasy of Justin Mason, and then obviously mm-hmm. there are many other divisions that you can follow. So there's probably a hashtag out there: DGW five, uh, DWG five draft with Giants five. So. Uh, feel yes. free to follow that there. So in the next hour, we'll keep talking football. Uh, we got interesting stories surrounding Jay-Z and his partnerships with the NFL. Eric Reed not happy about it. You'll find out why after the break. Interesting topic. We'll get into this a little bit, Joe. And then uh, you and I will rock it out in hour number three. It's Mike Blewett, Joe Galena. Weekend fantasy update. We'll be back with hour number three after this. 